Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Well, good morning, Gingsberg Tip City Campus, and hello to all those of you worshiping online. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Marcy, and I have the pleasure of serving here at Gingsburg as the director of adult discipleship. Now, well, hey! <laughs> now I hope you all have been enjoying these campfire stories as much as I have. These stories, dating back thousands of years, are stories that were passed down from father to sons and mothers to daughters as a way to share their faith. Awesome. Also, as a way to just share stories about the awesome God that we serve. Now, these stories were passed down to me from my parents. They were passed down to my mother from her parents. My father, whose father passed away when he was a young boy, and whose mother didn't know these stories, learned about these stories when, at the age of six, he saw this big black book called the Bible, and he was determined that once he could read, he wanted to know everything there was to know about this book called the Bible, which he eventually did and shared with me and my siblings. Eventually, his own mother and several people who he has discipled over the years, many years of ministry. Now the Bible is so important for this reason. It was a way to document these stories so that they would never die with any one of us, continuing to share these life-transforming stories from one generation to the next. Now the Old Testament has so many good stories. There is no way we could capture them all in one summer series. So I want to encourage you all to check out these stories for yourself. Now today I'm going to share with you one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, the story of a man named Elijah. Now Elijah was so faithful to God, no matter how hard his job was. Elijah's boldness and his faith in God always encouraged and inspired me to be bold in my faith in God, the one true God, knowing that through God nothing is impossible. Now, like I said, Elijah had one of the hardest roles in the Bible. The role of a prophet. Now, when you think of the word prophet, what do you think about? Maybe a mind reader or someone who predicts the future. Now, while prophets in the Bible oftentimes did speak about the future, they had a much greater purpose than just this. They were representatives of God sent on God's behalf. They cared about the partnership between God and the Israelites. Now, this partnership required all of the Israelites to give their trust and allegiance to their God alone, who rescued them from slavery in Egypt, giving them their own land, protecting and providing for them. Now, this partnership was called the covenant. So, prophets were sent to prevent the corruption of Israel by reminding Israel of their role in the covenant. Now they did this three different ways. First, they would accuse Israel and its leaders when they violated the covenant. Now, ways in which Israel violated the covenant were through idolatry, which is the worship of any other god besides the one true God, or through alliances with other nations and their god, or allowing injustice towards the poor. Second. The prophets would call out the Israelites, call them to humble themselves, repent, meaning turn from their wicked ways, promising that if they did, God would be merciful and forgive them. And then finally, the prophets would announce the consequences if they did not repent. So, in a nutshell, 
Prophets were always calling people out for doing what they weren't supposed to be doing, telling them to get their act together and letting them know what would happen if they didn't. So as you can imagine, prophets were not typically the people who were invited to dinner parties or anywhere for that matter, right? Now, while prophets were not popular people, their role was vitally important. You see, following the reign of King David, almost every king in Israel broke the covenant of the Lord, making alliances with other nations and worshiping their God instead of the God of Israel. Now, during the time of Elijah, King Ahab ruled as king over Israel. Now, Ahab was married to a woman named Jezebel. Jezebel was a Canaanite woman and introduced Ahab to the worship of the Canaanite gods, Bel and Azra. Eventually, King Ahab, with the influence of his wife Jezebel, instituted the worship of Bel over the worship of God of Israel and even made an altar in a temple to Bel in Samaria, which was the capital of Israel. So as you can imagine, this angered God. This provoked the anger of the Lord more than any other king before him. So God sent Elijah with this message to the king. Elijah said to the king, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God that I serve, there will be no dew or rain for the next few years until I give the word. Now, as you can imagine, this would cause a drought leading to a major famine that could lead to widespread starvation, potentially even death. Surely Ahab and Jezebel would take heed from the words of the prophet Elijah, repent, turn from their wicked ways, and worship the one true God of Israel, right? No, I'm wrong. They didn't care about what God had to say. However, the word of the Lord through the prophet Elijah came to pass, and there was no rain, not even dew, for the next three years. So, King Ahab and Jezebel prayed to the god Bel, asking for rain to come down with no avail. This angered Ahab and Jezebel. Jezebel was so mad at God and his prophets, particularly the prophet Elijah, so much so that she ordered the death of all the prophets of Israel. So, Elijah flees to the wilderness to escape death by the hands of the wicked queen Jezebel. Now in the wilderness, God protects and provides for Elijah. Now let's fast forward a few years. Three years into this drought, God comes to Elijah and says, I want you to go back to King Ahab and let him know that I will soon send rain. This means putting Elijah's life back at risk to face the king as a wanted man, to give him this huge weather update. However, Elijah remains faithful to God, not only giving him this message, but with boldness takes a huge step further. So as Elijah is approaching King Ahab, and King Ahab sees Elijah from a distance, Ahab greets Elijah by saying, is that you, the troublemaker of Israel? (laughs) Well, Elijah responds, me? 
I'm not the troublemaker of Israel. You and your family are the troublemaker of Israel, refusing to obey the commands of the Lord, worshiping the false gods of Baal instead. I want you to summon all of Israel. I want to challenge your prophets to a showdown. So have 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Azra meet me up at Mount Carmel. Now Ahab is confident, so he's like, bet. And so he summons all of the prophets of, 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 of Baal and Azra up to Mount Carmel. Now, Elijah stands in front of the people of Israel and says, how much longer will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people of Israel, probably shocked by his audacity, stood there in complete silence. So Elijah says, look, I'm the only prophet of the Lord that's left. There are 450 prophets of Baal. Bring out two bulls. Let the prophets of Baal choose whichever of the two bulls that they would like. And then I want you to place wood on top of your altar. Then cut up the bull and place the pieces of the bull on top of the wood, but without setting it to fire. And I'll do the same. Then I want you to call out to your God, and I'll cry out to my Lord. And whichever God answers by setting this sacrifice on fire is the one true God. And they all agree. So the prophets of Baal pick out their bull. They put wood on top of their altar. They cut up the bull into pieces and lay the pieces on the altar. Then they shout out to their God, Oh, Baal, please answer us! but there is no sound at all. So they begin dancing and hobbling around. Oh God, please, Bill, answer us. They do this from morning into noontime. And then Elijah, who finds this quite entertaining, begins egging them on. Come on, y'all, y'all can shout louder than that. He's probably daydreaming. My bad. Maybe he's on the toilet. Give him a minute. <laughs> Still nothing. Maybe he's asleep. Try shouting louder. No? Still, y'all, I'm sorry. I didn't realize y'all God took vacation time. Y'all might want to call it a rap. So then the prophet Sabel begins shouting even louder, Oh, Bell, please answer us. They even begin cutting themselves, thinking that that would make their God respond. They did this all the way up until evening time of sacrifice. And then in the evening, Elijah calls everyone to crowd around him. He takes 12 stones, one representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he places wood on top of those 12 stones. Then he cuts up his bull and he places the pieces on top of the wood. Then he digs a trench, a large trench, large enough to hold three gallons around the altar. And then check this out. He says, fill up four large jars of water and pour it on the sacrifice in the wood. You do realize, Elijah, that you can't light wet wood, right? But they do it anyways. And then when they're done, he says, do it again. So they do it again. And then when they're done, he says, do it a third time. 
and they do as he asks. There's so much water that it is soaking up the sacrifice. It drenches the wood. It's even spilling off of the altar, completely filling the trench around it. And then at that point, Elijah steps up to the altar and he prays this prayer. Oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, prove today that you are Lord of Israel. Prove that I am your servant. Oh, Lord, prove that I have done all of this at your command. Oh, God, answer me. Answer me so that they know that you are God of Israel and that you have brought them back to yourself. And immediately the fire of the Lord flashes down from heaven, lighting up the bull, lighting up the wood, lighting up the stone, turning everything into dust, even licking up the water that was in the trenches. And then as the people of Israel see this, they fall on their face of worship and proclaim, the Lord is God, yes, he is God. And then Elijah looks at Ahab and says, go and get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming, and God ends the drought. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Elijah wanted to make sure that there was no doubt in the hearts of the Israelites that our God is the one true God, the only God that has power to rain down fire from heaven, licking up a soaking wet sacrifice, turning it into dust. You see, the role of a prophet isn't all bad. They have some good times, right? This is exciting, this is exhilarating. Because of Elijah's boldness and his faith in God, God was able to perform so many mighty miracles and wonders through Elijah, seven total documented in the Bible, turning many Israelites back to the worship and the understanding of God, reminding them about the covenant with them. Now, as exciting as all this is, the role of a prophet soon takes a toll on Elijah. When Queen Jezebel, who was not at all impressed by this little stunt that he just pulls, once again threatens his life. So again, Elijah flees to the wilderness to escape death from the hands of Queen, Queen Jezebel. However, this time was different. Elijah was exhausted. He didn't want to be a prophet anymore. Now, I used to read this story and get frustrated at Elijah. Like, really, Elijah? Did you forget what God just did? Did you forget how he protected and provided for you in the wilderness? Did you forget how you just got victory over the false gods of Baal? And you're scared of a threat from Queen Jezebel? But then I had to put myself in Elijah's shoes. Elijah was tired of being hated by all. He was tired of constantly running for his life. Have you ever been just tired of doing the work that you've been doing? You see, I don't think it was so much fear of Queen Jezebel as it was simply burnout. Have you ever been so burnt out that you questioned your call? Elijah was so exhausted, he even prayed for death. Have you ever been so exhausted that you prayed for death? 
Now, while I've never held a role as taxing as that of a prophet, and I may have never prayed for death, there have been times that I've been so burnt out that I played with the idea of running from my call. Now, as exhausted and as burnt out as Elijah was, he still remained faithful to God. And God remained faithful to him by not answering his prayer request for death. Instead, God gives him exactly what he needs. He gives him rest and a successor, someone to pass the mantle on to. Praise God that his answers to our prayers aren't always yes. Amen? Now, although Elijah played for death and God said no, God gave him rest. He allowed him to just rest his body. He even sent him an angel to care for him. And this angel leads him up to a mountain where he actually experiences the presence of God. You see, God cared about everything that concerned Elijah, including his exhaustion, in the same way that God is concerned about everything that concerns you, including your exhaustion. God wanted Elijah, and God wants you to rest in him. Now, through the season of rest, God himself speaks to Elijah, letting him know that he wasn't finished with him yet and giving him his final assignments, one of which was to anoint and assign a young man by the name of Elisha to be his successor. You see, God had a mighty calling on Elijah's life. And while God was passionate about the ministry that he called Elijah to, he also cared about the person of Elijah in the same way that he is passionate about the call that he has called you to, but he also cares about the person of you. So if you're experiencing burnout, it's not too late to join the summer of simplicity. We want you to experience rest and rejuvenation in God. Text the number on the screen and we'll get you connected. Now it's important to note that one of the final assignments that God gave to Elijah was to, uh, to meet Elisha and make him his successor. Because God wanted the work that has started in Elijah to carry on to the next generation. We call this discipleship. So Elisha followed Elijah and learned everything that God showed Elijah. In the same way as how the 12 disciples followed Jesus and learned everything that God showed Jesus. Similar to these stories that have been passed down, whether orally or through the written word of God, so that these stories would never die with any one of us, transforming lives for generations to come, discipleship is equally as important so that the work that has started in us will not die with us, but will continue to cause change until the end of times. So who will you share these stories of God's greatness with? Who will you intentionally pour into so that your God-given purpose will not die with you? Now, while this is the end of our campfire sermon series, I want to encourage you to keep the campfires going in your own homes and community. I want to challenge you all to have campfire story nights in your own backyard. Invite your friends, your family, your neighbors, anyone who you want to share these God stories with. Now, it, when you do, I want you to post pictures and put them in our Gingisburg Facebook group so you, you can encourage others. And if you're trying to figure out where you're going to start to share these stories, why not start with the stories that we're learning in the Bible in the Year app? Now, if you haven't yet downloaded the Bible in the Year, it's not too late. You can download it and start at any time. 
Also, if you are feeling that nudge to be more intentional about pouring into and discipling the next group of upcoming leaders, I want to invite you to participate in one of our next upcoming intentional discipleship cohorts. Let's continue to share our faith and pass down these awesome God stories to the next generation. Let me pray for you. God, you're so awesome. What a mighty God we serve. We thank you for these stories that have been passed down to us that have helped to increase our faith and helped to give us a purpose. Lord, I want to lift up all the folks out here today that are walking in their call but that are experiencing burnout. Lord, I ask that you would give them rest in you and that you would remind them that you are not finished with them yet, but you have a mighty work for them. Lord, I also ask that you would send them rest through a mentor-mentee relationship in the name of Jesus so that their dream will not die with them. Lord, we just thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your word. I thank you for this ministry. Continue to build us up with boldness in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go and be the church. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.